Outdoors podcast is presented by the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association. Welcome to the Florida Horse Podcast, brought to you by the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association here in the Capital Media Studios in the horse capital of the world. I'm joined today by Brent and Crystal Fernung with Journeyman Stud, and we're here to talk about their wonderful stallions. How are you guys today? I'm good. I'm Doing good. great. Very, very good. So, Brent, let's get right into it. You've had some top stallions for many years, and I think Kozan now has the record for the most consecutive Stallion of the Year awards of any stallions in FTBA history. So, very exciting. You want to talk about Kozan a bit and what he brings to the breeders? Right. Well, Kozan was a star right from the start. His first crop uh, started racing in 2019, and that year he was a two-year-old leading two-year-old sire in Florida. Uh, and every year since then, he's been the leading general sire in Florida. So it's, it's, it is an impressive statistic. We had, of course, success in the past with Wildcat Air, which I think he might have uh, actually been five out of six years or five out of seven was a leading sire. But, but uh, to be able to just reel him off the way Cozon has is an indication of just how you know, successful he is. Um, frankly, you can get two-year-olds, stake winners by him. He's got two of those already this year. You can get older horses that will sprint. They'll run long, mile and a quarter on the grass like me and Mr. C, uh, incredibly fast like our Harper Rose, uh, graded stake winners like Foggy Knight. It's been a tremendous year. I think he's at about five and a half million right now in earnings. Um, and will probably, if I was to guess, he will be well north of $6 million by the end of the year. Yeah, he's really well on track for sure. I mean, he's really been dynamic. Is there anything else you want to add about Kozan that you think that breeders should know? Because he's obviously had success. I mean, you can track that success. Well, you know, with Kozan, he's such a unique horse for Florida. I mean, I think right now it's difficult to be able to compare um other stallions stand currently standing with babies racing in Florida to him because he's just dominated the, the scene so thoroughly. Uh, you know, I, he's got a big crop of two-year-olds this year. He's had 12 maiden special weight winners, uh, 11 of them, I think, at Gulfstream and one at Belmont Park. And, you know, as he goes along, he just seems to keep getting better. He's got big crops coming behind these two. I suspected he's going to be uh, leading sire in Florida for quite some time to come. It, in the sales ring, I uh, did some research after the OBS October yearling sale. Uh, Cozon had 19 offered, and I think 15 out of the 19 found new homes, which is uh, really good. Yeah. A, a percentage of 75, 80% sold. They averaged over 30,000, and when you compare him to any horse in, standing in Florida that had uh, three or more horses go through that sales ring. He was the leading sire by average. So what what are some of the mares that you feel really um, cross well with Kozan? Is there a particular um, pedigree that, that works well? Or you just see because he's, he's so versatile. I've never been around a stallion that is so loaded up with with different sire lines that he works really well with. First, all, first thing we noticed was how exceptionally uh, well-suited he was to Stormcat line mares. Several stake winners out of Stormy Atlantic mares, including Liam's Lucky Charm and, and Foggy Knight, the greatest stake winner he has this year. Um, you know, so that's been a given right along. 
And then, interestingly enough, he's out of um, Delta Princess, who's by AP Indy. And if you really look at the cross, when you inbreed to AP Indy with him, he's exceptional like that as well. That's why you, hot peppers came from that cross. Hot peppers. We love hot peppers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, background, another great at stake winner. And then, of course, recently, his full brother, Squints, went a stake couple another one we love squints the names are amazing but the horses are equally amazing yeah yeah so you know these horses have that sire line has really demonstrated that and that that inbreeding works which i've never been a, a huge proponent of it but uh, you can breed congrats line or congrats mares sons of ap andy uh you know the Corinthian mares. It's it's amazing how many of them worked for him. And then on top of that, I just the other day I saw where um, somebody asked asked me to nick a mare uh, by yes, it's true to him. I was wondering if you were going to remember. Yeah, that. <laughs> he has uh, he has five babies that have been uh, born out of yes, it's true mares, two stake winners, one Grade Three stakes placed horse, and then two of them that are unraced. So that's, uh, you know, has all the earmarks of an exceptional cross as well. Yeah, precocious two-year-olds run short and long. You've got the versatility when you come to um, looking at the pedigree. I would just add that he physically matches pretty much with a wide variety of mares. True. And his stud fee will be for 2024? 6500 6500 Okay. And our next horse we'll talk about then is Uncle Chuck. <coughs> Uncle yeah. Chuck. Uncle Chuck's a neat horse. He's currently in Argentina where he's finishing up his second uh, consecutive Southern Hemisphere breeding season. He um, bred 133 mares his first year at stud here in the United States. Then he went to south american bred another 140 so if he doesn't make it it won't be because he hadn't had the opportunity definitely be, prolific yeah yeah he, he gets a lot of mares in foal he's a big handsome horse 17 hands tall uh beautiful pedigrees by uncle mo he's out of a uh, forest music who was a grade two stake winner by um, unbridled song he's a half brother to mclean's music who's already a highly uh, sought after proven sire and he's a half brother to two graded stake winners as well besides that he you know you can just talk of all the pedigrees you want but if they can't run i'm not sure that makes any difference well this horse could really run yeah he broke his maiden by seven lengths first time out as a three-year-old running a mile and a 16th he came back three weeks later and win the los alamitas derby by five lengths over a thousand words and just missed the track record, belonged to shared belief by a fifth of a second. In his second lifetime start, he's running a mile and an eighth and 48 and change. It was, uh, th th that's an impressive race record. Yeah, and I noticed that when you look at the stallions that you stand, you always are able to talk about those performances. And sometimes it, it might not have been a grade one company, but definitely a performance that stands out or like that, a tick off the track record and, and facing the horses that they face. So I think that that goes into your decision making of finding good stallions that you can bring here to stand in Florida, and but they have a performance record to, to support what, where you think they're going to go with that, that season. I call that brilliance. I love brilliance <laughs> in a stallion, yeah. if he, a stallion prospect. If they could, it, you know, there's a lot of horses that might ground out a million, grind out a million dollars for you over five years uh, that were nice racehorses. But when you go to checking them out, it's a limited number of them that really move their babies up. You get a horse like 
Cozon or Uncle Chuck who had that uh, immense talent, now you got to be able to procure them. And that's an issue because usually those horses, if they go on and have a long career, they're going to be a grade one stake winner. Uh, they're going to be standing in Kentucky. They're going to have a price tag on them that I can't afford to breed to, let alone purchase the horse. So we're always look on the lookout for a horse that, that was precocious, showed that they had an extraordinary amount of talent, and then they got to have enough pedigree to make it work as well. Yeah. And when you put that combination together, you got a, you got a legitimate shot of having a sire. In Uncle Chuck's case, you know, he did all that in a short amount of time. Uh, he was brought down here, uh, you know, with the idea in mind that he was going to be, you know, a sought-after stallion, and he has been up to this stage of his career. His first babies are weanlands. We're running an ad, uh, give wire to wire it, a little plug right here. We're going to be running a new ad with some pictures of his babies. Uh, we're excited about the ones that we've got pictures of. I'd urge anybody watching this podcast that has a baby by uh, Uncle Chuck that they're proud of to send us a copy of the photograph. You might sure. be. Or I'll come out and take the picture. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Because I, you know, it's the great, the word of mouth on him is huge. People are talking about how nice the babies are. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that that word of mouth, because as soon as you start seeing foals on the ground, people do talk about those foals. And and the word on the, the street, if you will, is that Uncle Chuck is, is throwing some nice, nice ones out there. And so to see some of them in, in the upcoming ad, and then also, like you said, people, maybe some folks post some of those out, you can see some of the, the, the get that he's going to have, and then maybe look to book him for the next year. Yeah, he's, a, he's an exciting horse. He's got a big future in front of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go off and do exactly the same thing that Cozon did, just dominate the competition. Yeah, that's great. So we've got four out there. Who do we want to talk about next? Uh, St. Patrick's Saint Day. St. Patrick's Day, okay. Yeah, his first crop are two-year-olds. He's leading first crop sire in Florida. Um, he's had a couple stake horses now. He had Jive, who was third in the, uh, the Dr. Fager stakes. Uh, he recently had a huge maiden special weight winner at Gulfstream, a filly by the name of Fiona's Magic, uh, which was She's bred by our partners on both these stallions. And I'd be admiss if I didn't expand on this a little bit. St. Patrick's Day and Cozon, on both stallions' case, we were able to uh, to do the kind of job we've done with them because of our relationship with Stonehenge Farm. Uh, the late Gil Campbell was a big supporter of ours, and we were uh, was able to, uh, you know, breed some really nice horses together with him, breeding the Cozon, and now they get this Philly Fiona's Magic that's by St. Patrick's Day, and Mrs. she Campbell's very excited about her. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're Marilyn. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I can imagine. I know that that they've been great partners for for many many years, and they've been really. Um, you know, Bastions in the industry where they have really showcased what it is to to um, put your efforts behind a horse, a stand a stallion, work with people that are great with standing stallions, and then have some of the success with these these champions that come along with yeah. that. Right, and Fiona's magic is an indication of what they're going in the future. She's uh, uh, making her second career start. She was hooked a field of open fillies, like a couple into mischiefs, uh, City of Light, uh, an Omaha Beach. It was a Quite a pedigree line. She dominated, win by seven. She ran three quarters of a mile and ten and two. 
Uh, and it was then, impressive. I, I mean, I, I mean, I thought immediately, you know, you put them into another league when you see them perform like that. You say you have high hopes, but now it's like I have some really, really big aspirations for that horse. Yeah, that horse kind of it checked a lot of boxes right there mm -hmm. that and that one start. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so St. Patrick's Day, you want to talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day pedigree and then sure. also I, what else? It's an easy one to talk about. He's a full brother to American Pharaohs, so there's not very many full brothers to Triple Crown winners out there. Um, and besides American Pharaoh, there's uh, was chasing yesterday, a grade one winner as well. St. Patrick's Day, Bob Baffert told me he was cut out to be a really, really good horse. He got injured in his second start when he broke his maiden at Del Mar. Uh, beat instilled regard in that race then uh, you know and, but he missed the rest of his two-year-old season which would have been the year the time of the year that he would have developed into a kentucky quality stallion i believe uh coolmore owned him at that point they gave a legitimate amount of money for him as as a baby when he was a weanling uh privately i believe and they then took him to ireland and uh raced him as a three-year-old he was group three placed there and win a couple win a nice race over there beating some beat a lot of group one winners and group placed horses so you know his pedigree outshines his race record obviously but he'd had been a hell of a horse to uh, for his pedigree to match up to his race record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a great-looking horse, too. Beautiful. As pretty a horse as I've ever been around. Yeah, he's 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 magnificent to, to see and look at. I can't wait till we get the new pictures of them that are, we're going to be shooting, so that'll be exciting to see how he looks. I like to see how the ch stallions change over the years, Yeah. how yeah. They, they, they grow and, and mature. So anything else you want to add about St. Patrick's Day? His first, like I said, his first crop for two-year-olds, I think they're going to get better as they get older. Uh, like I said, Fiona's Magic's been one that I know that the uh, Stonehenge group had been looking forward to getting her back there and letting her finally unleash, and she did it. We're looking forward to him stretching out, running around two turns. After all, he is full brother to Triple Crown winner, so that that shouldn't be a big limitation for him. So he's, yes. I think he's covers every future. distance with, with that, doesn't it? Yeah. Even that, that test of champions, a mile and a half. So, right. you know, you have horses that can do that. They obviously would have stamina, you hope, at a mile, a mile and a quarter. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting, I think, coming off of, of her amazing performance. So so we've got one more stallion to talk about. And and then uh, anything else you want to add? Do you want to, oh, you want to mention the stud fee for Uncle Chuck that we covered and St. Patrick's Day? Of course, that's a little detail we missed. Um Uncle Chuck stud fee is $6,500 again this year, and St. Patrick's Day standing for 3500 this year as well. Great, great, great. And who's our fourth horse we've got? Chancet is uh, Florida's horse. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came down there. He dominated two out of the three um, Florida Sire Stake races as a two-year-old, and he was a really good two-year-old. Uh, he'd stretch it out and run a mile to 16th. Chancet's first start of the year was the Mucho Macho Man stakes uh a one turn mile i believe he went it and was poised to make his next start in you know the prep after prepping in that race he his next start was going to be the holy bull name got injured so he didn't really get an opportunity to go through his three-year-old year as, as quick as he did he came back the next year though and got to become grade one stakes placed and i think if he'd added long longer opportunity obviously he was good enough for us to win graded stakes mm -hmm. uh, just about anywhere 
sprinting, he was probably a little bit better than he was going around two turns, but that didn't stop him from running around two turns. Um, he's a son of currency swap who was a really good two-year-old, precocious two-year-old to win the hopeful grade one winner. Uh, the female family suggests speed and uh, stamina as well. You know, and his ownership group, uh, Mary Leitner and, and Lisa Gooden, they have really gone out of their way to try to make this uh, horse, you know, successful. Well, yeah. purchased some really nice mares. Correct. And, and, you know, and they also hustled up. They have a lot of friends in this business. And because they're just such nice people and a lot of their friends supported the horse, he's got a good crop of, uh, first crop of babies are weanlings now. Uh, They've been sending us a lot of pictures. Yeah, nothing yeah. but great reports. I know, I know when Mary was in here and we talked to her a little bit about Chance at last year, one of the things that she had mentioned is they were bringing in some mares of their own and really, you know, believed in him. And he was very exciting because he actually created, I think, um, five or six new fans that day at minimum in the our bus trip group at that time. And it was interesting to see because she also was nervous because she says, you know, I had such great success with him. You know, that's, that's awesome, but sometimes that doesn't happen again. And so she was worried about the next horse that she had with the group, but she's had great success with the horses and chance it is one that you know people dream of winning the sire stakes so to have an owner's group that many of them were new to the business to have chance it be that winner for them is really exciting and then to almost sweep it and then to, to be at stud now here in right here in ocala where they can go and and, and see the horse and know what he's, what he's doing at stud is is really exciting for that owner group yeah you know it's a it's an interesting uh thing the florida sire stakes to kind of group of people it brings together you you've seen over the years uh, Fred Bry and Gil Campbell and Stonehenge and uh, Arendelle Farm and and Mary Leitner these people they really want to win those races that's what they aim for that's one of the great things about the Florida thoroughbred industry is we have that series of races down there that you can just you know grab a hold of it and and point to it and work with it. It's a great deal. Well, thank you for coming in. Do you want to, before we end, do you want to mention the stud fee for um, uh, for St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day is 3500 That's what you mentioned. Chances, chances. 2000 Thank you guys for coming in today, and let's look forward to our breeding season. Yes, let's get going. The Florida Horse Podcast is presented by the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association. 